The Old North Woods, that's the song from Bela Fleck's latest album, My Bluegrass Heart, and Bela's on the line. Hi, Bela. Welcome to WLRN. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good to, good to be with you. Well, congratulations. It's such a fine CD. It seems like you, you had your choice of the best bluegrass players out there, and you called them up and said, hey, play on my album. Yeah, instead of choosing, I just invited all of them. <laughs> uh, that's, that's why it's a double album. Yeah, it was hard to stop once I got going. It had been so long since I'd made a record like that. You know, it was like, 19, it was, yeah, 19, the 1900s. It was 99 when I made the last Bluegrass record. So 20-something years had gone by, and I had the tunes burning a hole in my pocket. So it was a, good, it was a great experience. And, and luckily, we got it all recorded just before the pandemic. And um, so I had it in the can ready to mix and edit and stuff. So that's what I, that's what I did. What did you do during, do during school yeah. vacation? Yeah, what did you do during the pandemic? I got to work on that album and mix it and edit it and stuff. You've done so many, such a variety of music with your banjo, uh, classical symphony music and world music, Indian and uh, African music. Is is bluegrass the most fun? They're all fun. <laughs> but bluegrass is the one I started with, um, you know, pretty early into my playing. So it, it's kind of embedded in me. And if I don't do it once in a while, I get a little bit... Um, I don't know, disassociated from where I started. So it's just like a touching base thing. But, but I mean, oddly enough, I mean, I come from New York City, so I guess I'm not your average bluegrass banjo player. And it's natural that I guess coming from where I come that I would play the kinds of music that I play, but still somehow bluegrass has become a part of me. And that, that, that title is, is, uh, was very well considered uh, and somewhat inspired by um, Chick Corea, who, um, who made an incredible record called My Spanish Heart, uh, way back, I think, in the 80s, maybe even 70s. And he's not Spanish, just like I'm not a hillbilly from Kentucky or Tennessee. Not not that all bluegrass people are hillbillies, but you know what I'm saying. It, yeah. it, culturally, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And yet it's become so much a center of who I am, just similar to how Spanish music was at the center of what Chick Corea was, and yet he, he wasn't from, he, had, he was an Italian. Well, I, I know you were friends with Chick Corea. I, I suppose he lived close by. And did did you know him before or after the Flectones? Uh, I met him, um, well, I was a huge fan. In fact, he's the person who made me want to play the banjo kind of in the way I played it after seeing him play when I was a teenager with uh, Return to Forever. Um, but I met him at the Grammys one year, and uh, and we became friends there. And it led to him sitting in with the Flectones, and then later he invited me to do a duet tour with him, and we made some albums together, including a, a duo album that hasn't been released yet that we made during the pandemic. Um, you know, we were sending music back and forth. So it was, he was a real loss, just a genius musician, one of those guys that you know everybody wants to play with, and everybody plays better when they get to play with him. So he, he's a big, big deal for me. You dedicate the blue, my bluegrass heart after Chick Corea, as well as Tony Rice. Who? Yeah. What, what did Tony Rice have that made him special? Oh, Tony Rice was like um, one of these galvanizing figures in bluegrass. Um, he was just had had the most incredible rhythmic sense, and everybody he played with, uh, he made play better, just like Chick did. Chick did, and also that, that very rhythmic point of view. But he um, he was a great singer, great guitar player, and when he came into bluegrass, it was changed from from then onward. And I got to play with him, you know, enough to know that it was the gold standard. And uh, we were we were friends, and uh, and he also passed actually just a, just uh, within a month of Chick. So, um, you know, and he would typically have been the guy I would have called to play on this record, but he was really struggling with his hands, and he was kind of reclusive in the last years, and I couldn't get him. And I finally had to kind of walk away from 
the idea that the only way I would play bluegrass is if, I was, if Tony Rice was playing guitar, which is where I was coming from for a long time. Because, you know, I only played bluegrass once in a while. I was playing with the Flectones. I was doing all of these collaborations. So if I finally got to play bluegrass, I wanted it to be with Tony Rice, and Sam Bush, and Jerry Douglas, all these guys that I considered to be, you know, again, the gold standard of a certain, a certain way of playing that music. But I couldn't get them all, so it, it, it actually caused me to expand my world. I couldn't get Tony, so I, I tried all these other people that I've really had a lot of a lot of pleasure playing with. These other people being young people, young bluegrass artists. Uh, yeah, that's right. People like Chris Thiele and uh, Sierra Hall and Michael Cleveland and, oh gosh, Billy Contreras, um, Billy Strings. There's there's a world of these people, and a lot of them like my early records. Um, so um, being the old part isn't always a bad <laughs> thing. But they're, um, they, they were excited to play on a record, and the guitar players in particular felt very... Uh, that they were sitting in Tony Rice's seat and they wanted to deliver. So that put a little extra fire under the guitar chair. Um, so the different people who played guitar really killed it, really did a wonderful job. Baylor Fleck is on the line. He's doing a free sh- concert in Hollywood this Thursday night with Abigail Washburn. Uh, I opened up the interview with The Old North Woods from your new album, My Bluegrass Heart. Tell me about My Old North Woods. Um, yeah, The Old North Woods is um, it's actually a title that Bill Monroe uh, throughout there. He, uh, when I was in a band called New Grass Revival in the 80s, he was not a fan of our music. He was actually quite cold towards us. But then one day we were at this festival, and I think there were some ladies he was trying to impress, so he kind of climbed into our van and said, hey, here's a tune I wrote about the, you know, I wrote uh, driving up here on my bus, and, and uh, I was looking out at the woods, and I thought to myself, well, who, knows long ha- who knows how long those woods have been out there? He said, so I call it the Old North Woods. And he played us this tune that none of us remembered. But I always thought it was a great title and a great story. So I, I, I wrote a tune that was very Bill Monroe-inspired that I'd written probably, you know, around that time, possibly, and, uh, and called it that, just sort of, sort of to remember that story. That's so funny hearing you say that Bill Monroe didn't like the New Grass Revival style. But I think New Grass Revival more or less saved Bluegrass. It brought it into the future and made it modern. Uh, did Bill Monroe ever come around? Um, he was friendly. He got friendlier uh, at certain times. Um, I know he was very uh, opposed to changing the music, and he had he really felt like he had it right, and it was his music. He felt proprietary about it, and when people came around and started making it more jazzy and more contemporary, he didn't like it. But I think as he got older, he mellowed and um, just realized that everybody was people doing the best they could and making their own musical decisions. And I think he, while he didn't choose to uh, support it, and love it, he certainly uh, was nicer to everybody, and that was nice, you know. Well, you you bringing around these young guns on your latest album, uh, it's very impressive, the state of bluegrass today. Tell me, who do you think was the most fun? Who surprised you the most out of these these young artists coming up? Well, um, Sierra Hall sort of was a knockout punch. She is, uh, she's just, every time you think you know how good she is, she's better than that. (laughs) I mean, like, it's funny because, like, there are people who play, you know, just played absolutely phenomenal, but you kind of would expect it, like Chris Thiele, you know, or Jerry Douglas. I mean, you know they're going to burn it, you know, and they do. And every single time, it's just the affirmation of what you thought about them. But someone that, someone that you don't know as well, like Sierra or someone like um, Billy Contreras, who I had heard about this fiddle player. He's just like a savant genius cat. And 
I wasn't even sure whether he would fit into the music, but he just burned it up, you know. So that was exciting. Now, Billy Strings, I knew was going to be good, but we had we were early in our relationship, and I just hadn't heard all of his tricks and all of his ideas and, and the way he approached it. And he was very satisfying to play with. These are just some of the artists that's uh, that special guest on Bela Fleck's album, My Bluegrass Heart. So this is, from what I understand, you, you didn't have a band for this album. Right, and typically if I made a bluegrass record, it would be a band, one guy on each instrument, maybe with a few extra guests. And in, you know, on my last one, which was uh, Bluegrass Sessions in 1999, I had that core band of Sam Bush and Jerry Douglas and, and Tony Rice and Stuart Duncan and Mark Schatz, but you know, Earl Scruggs showed up and played on some tracks. Vassar Clements came, John Hartford, these are royalty. These guys, if you don't know bluegrass, these are, the, these are some of the cats of the cats that you know, you'd be so excited just to get to talk to, much less have them play on your record. So they made kind of appearances. But this album, I couldn't get Tony, and it, it made me uh, rethink the whole thing. I was going to make a record with a whole new, younger band, and then after I recorded a few tracks with them, I went, why am I not recording with my my old friends? I haven't played with them in 20 years. Why am I not playing with them just because I can't get Tony? And that's when I just sort of started to open up my concept and say, maybe this will be more of a community record. First, it was going to be one band, a new band, and it was going to be the old band with a different guitar player and the new band. And then once I did that, I was like, well, why don't I invite Chris Dealey? Why don't I invite Billy? Why don't I have Sierra? Why isn't Molly Tuttle on here? And it just became an opportunity for me to cast each tune with the best person in the in, in the scene to play that tune. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I was speaking with Bela Fleck and talking about My Bluegrass Heart, his latest album. Although now you record with Abigail Washburn. In fact, on uh, Thursday night, you're doing a free show with her at the Hollywood uh, Arts Circle, Arts Park, uh, Thursday night. How has your music changed since this collaboration? Well, Abby and I have been playing together um, since we started having kids. We're, we, are, we are married. Don't worry, anybody. <laughs> totally within the, the bounds of law. Uh, but uh, yeah, but so we started making records so we wouldn't be apart all the time as we were before we had kids. You know, I'd go off and do my thing. She'd go off and do her bands. And um, she's a great singer, a great claw hammer banjo player. And we actually played a little music together for her grandmother, who's the person who said, you're both musicians, play at my church. Yeah. And we were like, oh, okay. And we didn't know it would work. We never really thought of each other as collaborators, but it did. And we loved it. And it became a very banjo, you know, kind of centric thing with two banjos being the center, but lots of different kinds of banjos, low banjos, high banjos, cello banjos, you know, ukulele banjos, um, three finger style, claw hammer style, all melding together. And we found that it worked way better than expected. And it helps that she's such a great singer. So it's not just the banjos. So at any rate, we made a record that surprised us and, and won a Grammy for best folk, folk album uh, some years back. And then we went on tour. Uh, quite a lot together as a duo. When you go on tour, who's who's the bigger draw, you or Abigail? I think the combination is pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's different. I mean, there obviously in the beginning she was concerned. We'll, we'll see you Thursday night. Is it just you two on stage? It's just the two of us on stage, and we made we made a second album uh, called Echo in the Valley, which is our, our most recent. But um, during the pandemic, we also did a, a series uh, called. Banjo House Lockdown, where we would do, you know, like webcast uh, shows every every Thursday, and uh, and that was a lot of fun. And um, we would just take take songs and change the lyrics to fit the pandemic reality. And um, so we'll be doing some of that stuff too. Baylor Fleck is on the line, and this free concert w with Abigail Washburn is 
Thursday night uh, at the Hollywood's Art Park. You you mentioned you have kids together. Uh, are you open to all kinds of music when if that your kids will enjoy? You know the kids like Disney, so um, <laughs> you know. They like they like everything. Honestly, they've been they've been hearing music since they were little. Does, and, does, um, does that bother you a little bit that they got into Disney? Well, I guess a little, a little, um, because the music around the house is so unique. But they're used to it, so they don't value it the same way as they they value anything on television. You know, it's just the reality of life. So I think in the long term, they're getting some vitamins that are going to pay off in their musical tastes down the line. And they do have good taste, but they're not immune to the, you know, the pop culture that they live in. And um, so we're very careful about screens, you know, and trying trying to limit it. But it can't be limited completely. So um, we've been dragged down the Disney vortex, which I'm, you know, I get, I understand it. But I've always been very alternative. So it's a little more central than than I, I try to be in my life. So um, you've you've never worked for Disney, I suppose. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, I have a brother. Who uh, works for Disney uh, and, and and makes uh, children's te- children's television? So I have worked for I've, I've played on some of those uh, television shows, played uh, you know uh, cameo banjo parts. I'm speaking with Bela Fleck and Bela, along with Abigail Washburn, is Thursday night. Well, let me play talking about not being popular uh, from your <laughs> from your latest album uh, with Abigail, Echo in the Valley, an old Sarah Olgan Gunning song. Come all you coal miners. I don't picture you as being that political. Well, I, I always respect people who are, but I, I tend to take the lower profile. And, and I, I guess there's a part of me that feels like if the me- audience members don't have a podium to, to you know, tell everybody what they think, why should the artist just because they like their music? But the truth is I always do respect people who take some kind of stand. And this, this song, um, Abby is singing uh, Sarah Ogan Gunning's song, which has some very valid points and frustrations. She was a coal miner family, from a coal miner family. Everyone, a bunch of people in her family died of black lung. They were poor, starving. The people that owned the coal mines were doing great just a block away. And she wrote this song from a from a, um, a position of anger. Uh, Abby felt like it was a voice that should be heard. By the way, I thought it was a voice that should be heard, too. <laughs> I laid it on her. But I hope you love this song. I think it's a really cool, powerful, powerful song. Um, and uh, and dark and, and sad and angry. So, um but, you know, that makes for good music. That's good folk music, good bands of music, and good singing. Baylor Fleck, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. My pleasure. Thank you. 
open your eyes and see the dirty capitalist system is doing you and me. They'll take your very life blood. They'll take our children's lives. Take fathers away from children. Stop. 